Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. Friends, today we're studying together Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 through 17. If you want to turn there with me now, Hebrews chapter 2 starting in verse 9. Hear God's word. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I, And the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason... He had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Let's pray. Lord God, we we come with joy into your presence. We come with a sense of eagerness into your presence, because we believe, God, that you have something you want to say to us. We believe, Holy Spirit, that you are active, that you are at work, and there's a good work you want to do in us today. And so we just say yes, Lord, to whatever it is you want to say, whatever it is you want to do in us as a church and as individuals. We are here for you, Lord God. So come in your power, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember the first time I saw it. It was about six years ago. It was May the 4th. I was familiar with it. It's hard to live in this country and not be at least familiar with it. I knew certain iconic lines, lines like, Luke, I am your father. That's how you know the bad guy is coming. (laughs) All right, are you with me? Are you with me? I knew who the bad guy was. I knew it was Darth Vader. I knew the other players involved, uh, Han, Luke, Leia. I knew there were droids of some sort, although the word droid was definitely not part of my vocabulary. (laughs) I knew there was a Chewbacca. (laughs) 
wasn't really sure who he was, still a little shaky on that. But somehow I had walked this earth for 29 years and I had never seen any of the Star Wars films. Sad, I know, but wait. <laughs> that all changed when I started dating my now husband, Chuck. Now, I'm not saying that this was some sort of litmus test for Chuck, some sort of marker as to whether or not there was a future with this woman. It wasn't like Chuck was, you know, God, I don't know, is this your will? Because she hasn't even seen Star Wars. But it mattered to Chuck that I saw this movie. And I would like to say, I think I have embraced Star Wars. I think I have... You tell Chuck, if you see him today, that I am a team player. <laughs> Anybody never, ever seen any of the Star Wars films? Anybody? Okay, we got a few. Okay, well, let me bring you up to speed. The basic plot line goes like this. Good versus evil. The dark side and the light side. Those who are about peace and freedom and those who are bent towards destruction and oppression those on the side of life, and those on the side of death. And you see this plot line all over the place. It's in many of our favorite stories, beloved fairy tales, the Lord of the Rings, the Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter. But it's not just the stories we love to read, the films that we love to watch. It's actually the plot line found in our story, the story of our world the story of God and God's creation, the story we find in scripture, and the plot goes something like this. God, creator God, God who is holy and beautiful and true. God lovingly made us for life, for life with God. But there was an uprising in God's good creation. And when the battle lines were drawn, we chose our side the side of not yours, God. Anything but you, God. That's what sin is. It's rebellion against God. And Jesus clarifies the sides of the battle like this in the Gospel of John. He says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But we chose our side, you, me, the entire human race. And in our rebellion, we became captives. Now in Star Wars, the good side is called the rebellion. But for us, rebellion just leads to chains, imprisoned in the power of sin, locked and the grip of death, the tyranny of evil and darkness. And the question, the question is, is there a way out? Is there a way to freedom? Because what we need is a complete rescue. What we need is someone to set us free, to break the chains. What we need is Jesus. Jesus sets us free from our captivity. And so my prayer for you this morning 
is that you would clearly see Jesus. The author of Hebrews, earlier in chapter two, he says, no, not everything is set right yet, but it will be. We are headed towards that day. And in the meantime, what we do see is Jesus. Here again, verse nine, but we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. As we study God's word today, may you see Jesus. In the midst of the fears that you carried into this place, in the midst of weariness, ache over a world so broken, in the midst of grief, in the midst of pain over your own sin, may you see Jesus. See Jesus who shares in our humanity and enters into our suffering. See Jesus the Lord who pays the price for our freedom. See Jesus who is the victorious one. Jesus sets us free from our captivity. So friends, first, see Jesus who shares in our humanity. Here again, the beginning of verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. Jesus becomes fully human. That's the astounding claim of the Christian faith, that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, God who is three in one, Jesus takes on flesh. Jesus becomes fully human. Have you ever gone through something in your life A deep sorrow, a painful loss, a a hurt. And And your first thought is just, there's no way that anyone else could understand this. And you start to pull back from people a little bit. You start to isolate yourself a little bit because you you feel, I'm I'm alone in this. There's no way anyone could understand. Friends, Jesus knows. The man of sorrows, the Lord knows your pain. You are not alone. For Jesus, the burden was just as heavy. The pain was just as sharp. The author of the book of Hebrews says this, for we do not have a high priest, a a mediator between us and God who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Christ was like us in every way, fully human in every way, tempted in every way, but without sin. To set us free, Jesus becomes like us. But secondly, see Jesus who enters into our suffering. Sin, death, it ravages God's good creation. And I think we feel the wrongness of sin, the wrongness of death every day. Now I, I hate horror films. I hate horror films. I, I have to cover my eyes. I have to look away. If, if a commercial comes on, just a commercial advertising an upcoming horror film, I run from the room. It's the only time I run fast. But hear me now. In the horrors of sin, a world ripped apart by violence, racism, 
greed, hatred, selfishness, and the pain of death, hear me now, God does not look away. The Lord does not avert his eyes. In Jesus, we see that God enters into our pain, enters into the horrors of sin and death to set us free. God, the living God, moves towards us. To say it another way, God is not like the person on their phone in a meeting or in a restaurant and they're on their phone and they've completely checked out. You know that person I'm talking about? Are you that person I'm talking about? (laughs) I definitely am at times. And they're on their phone and they just have this little motion going on and they've completely checked out and there's all this action around them but they're oblivious. And someone calls their name but they don't hear it. Someone asks them a question, but it's radio silence. They don't respond. They're checked out. They're unengaged. They're oblivious. And let me be very clear. That's not God. That's not God. That's not the God revealed in Scripture and ultimately revealed in Jesus Christ because what we see is that God shows up. God shows up in the flesh to rescue us. Yes, how dim and dire our situation is in a fallen and broken world, but praise the Lord because God shows up. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Christ has come that we may have life and have it to the full. And let's be very clear, this is not a battle between equal opponents. This is not a nail-biter, y'all. The Lord is the Lord Almighty. Did you hear me? The Lord is the Lord Almighty and greater is he. Amen? Verse 10, and bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. The word perfect here in our passage It means not that Jesus became perfect. We've already established that Jesus was without sin. The word perfect is referring to the fact that through the suffering of Jesus, God's plan was being brought to its completion, to its intended end. It's in the death of Jesus, the suffering of Jesus, that we are bought back from our slavery. Jesus sets us free from our captivity. And how? How does this happen? Well, see Jesus. See Jesus who pays the price for our freedom. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he gives this sort of manifesto of why he's here, what he's been sent to do. And he stands up in the synagogue to read the scriptures and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah is handed to him and he unrolls it and he finds these words, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Freedom for the prisoners. The apostle Paul says in Romans chapter three that that all of us, All of us are under the power of sin. In our sin, we are like the addict who says one thing and and does another, who's not actually in control. No, there's another controlling power at work in her life. 
the Apostle Paul says, what I want to do, I can't do. What I don't want to do, I end up doing. I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. And the startling reality of sin is that it enslaves us. We become enslaved to sin. And we can't break these chains on our own. We're we're powerless to do so. Which is why the message of the Christian faith has never been, you need to try harder. That's not the message of Jesus. The message of the Christian faith is you need to be set free. You need someone to set you free. And Jesus says this in the Gospel of Mark, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, to set us free. Jesus pays the price. And how does Jesus do this? Well, here again, verse 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death. He might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. How do you overcome evil? How do you overcome sin and death? Do you come in with with brute force? Is this an action hero moment? Is this when uh, Vin Diesel shows up to save the day? Is this when the, The Rock comes on the scene? When Captain Marvel is called upon to rescue us? How do you overcome evil? What do you see, Jesus? Hanging from a cross. The hero, Jesus, doesn't overwhelm with force. He doesn't overpower by violent means. He surrenders to the violence that was brought upon him. He doesn't dominate, he dies. See Jesus dying in our place, tasting death for us, taking all that the enemy can throw at him. But the enemy had no claim on this man, don't you see? The sinless, spotless lamb of God. Yes, death and Satan had a just claim on us, on humanity, because of our disobedience to God. But Jesus was without sin, remember? Fully human in every way, but without sin. As a human, Jesus could die. Jesus could suffer. But death could not contain him. Death could not hold him. This is the son of God. And Jesus was not justly subject to death because he was without sin. And so when the dark powers brought death to Jesus, they thought they had won. But in the defeat of the cross, Christ defeats the powers of death. Satan, the blood of Jesus, is against you. And the power that gets the last word is not death, but love. The love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Do you see Jesus? For the crucified Christ says to a rebellious humanity, I bought you. I bought you back. I loosened the chains. I purchased you with my blood. 
and I have disarmed the powers of darkness. Did you think I was going to abandon you? Did you think I was going to leave you to rot in your chains? The very powers of hell will not stand against the Lord Almighty. Amen. Some of you have heard of the work of International Justice Mission. It's an organization of Christian lawyers, social workers, other professionals working for freedom for those trapped in modern day slavery. And perhaps you hear me talk about this cosmic battle, good versus evil, the devil at work, and, and maybe you wanna say to me, aren't you being a little dramatic? Like, like maybe Katie, just go watch a romantic comedy for a, a change, like just co- calm down a little bit. But then you, you look at something like modern day slavery, human trafficking, in all its forms. Did you know there are more slaves today than in any other period in history? And how warped we have become in our sin, how, how rampant is evil that we could reduce people, people made in the image of God, people with inherent worth and value and beauty and dignity, that we could reduce people to throw away possessions, used up, tossed out. But in the name of Jesus, in the strong and mighty name of Jesus, the people at International Justice Mission are doing something about modern day slavery. And I wanna share with you one of their stories. It's the story of Damru and Hamanthi. When Hamanthi first became pregnant, they were overjoyed. But when their little one was just three months old, she developed a high fever. And medical care was not easily accessible. So by the time they got to a doctor, it was too late. And their grief increased all the more when their second child died shortly after birth. It's hard for me to imagine that level of of pain. And they decided to to borrow money to build a new home, a, a new beginning of sorts. And then Hamanthi became pregnant again And Durga, their beloved boy, came into the world. But Damru and Hamanthi, they needed to pay back their loan, and so they sought work. And what they thought was a dream job, dream job, quickly turned into a living nightmare. Damru, Hamanthi, their baby boy, and their nephew went to work at a poultry farm a thousand miles from home. And once there, they were put to work cleaning bird droppings from the coop. And the owner of the farm made them live right there in the coop. The baby Durga was constantly getting sick from all the cleaning chemicals. At night, they slept surrounded by scorpions and snakes. Hamanthi said this. She said, every night we used to go to sleep not knowing if we will wake up the next morning. When Hamanthi's mother-in-law got sick, she asked the owner of the farm if she could go to her. And astonishingly, the owner agreed. So Hamanthi, her son, and her nephew were allowed to go, but Damru was not allowed to leave. And while traveling to International Justice Mission informants, they spotted this family. And they recognized the signs of human trafficking. So they began to ask Hamanthi some questions, but she was rather reluctant to share. She had been tricked once before. But her nephew spoke up. And here now as I read the rest of the story, exactly how the folks at IJM share it, they say this. 
the race to rescue Damru was on. Hamathi managed to reach him on a mobile phone and told him about the plan to rescue him and reunite their family. But in his mind, he only imagined two or three men would arrive for the rescue. He says, I was awestruck at what I saw. Three vehicles full of people reached the farm. There were so many of them. I cannot forget that moment. Hamathi had come to save me. If you were to meet Damru and Hamathi today, you would walk down a narrow, dusty road in the Indian state of Odisha. Their village is small, and their home is plain and clean. Hamathi carries a little Durga on her waist and drops him off at preschool before heading to work at a local farm. Durga yells, bye-bye, in his sweet, high-pitched voice. Today, you would meet two brave, resilient people free from slavery, free to raise their child in peace, free to live a joyful life. Friends, that's the sort of rescue we're talking about. That's the sort of rescue we're talking about, the Son of God. Not three vehicles full of people, as awesome as that is. We're talking about the Son of God has come to save you. The Son of God has come to rescue you. The Son of God has come to set the captives free. And so finally, see Jesus. See Jesus who is the victorious one. Christ is the victor. Christ wins. Theologian and author N.T. Wright, he says this, when Jesus is crucified, something happens. And the result is the powers that have locked up the world in corruption, decay, and death are overthrown. And Jesus is, from now on, running the show, even though it doesn't look like it, because, because we have the wrong idea of what power is and how it works. When Jesus is crucified, something happens. What a wonderful understatement. <laughs> when Jesus is crucified, something happens, and nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God, not even the powers of hell. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. For by his death, Jesus has broken the power of him who holds the powers of death, that is the devil, and freed those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Fear can have this death grip on our lives. Personally, I struggle so much with fear. And maybe, maybe you do too. And in my life lately, I've felt that fear kicking up, increasing all the more. And the remedy, the remedy is not to say, you know, just stop it, Katie. Friends, the remedy is to see Jesus. To see Jesus in the midst of that circumstance. To see Jesus in the midst of that relationship. To see Jesus in the midst of that decision that is looming over you. To see Jesus in the unknown that that is terrifying you. Jesus knows. Jesus is the victorious one. See Jesus. Do you see him there? Moving towards you in love. Do you see how complete his victory was? Jesus wins. So before you leave this place, simply ask Jesus to silence that fear in your life. Simply say, Lord, help me to see you. 
in the midst of this because fear is silenced in the presence of the Almighty. And you might wonder, well, then why do I still see all this evil? Why does it seem like death and darkness still hold such sway in our world? And that's a really good question, and I don't want to gloss over it. But let me say this. We see the victory of Jesus now, but we don't yet see it in all its fullness. It's a hidden victory. And we await that day when Christ will return. Christ is coming back, and he's going to set all things right. The earth is going to be full of his glory, all things made new. But make no mistake, the decisive victory has already been won in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So see Jesus, crowned with glory and honor, And all who call on the name of the Lord, you belong to Jesus. You have been purchased with a price by his blood. The Lord, the mighty one, is with you. And greater is he. Let's pray. Lord God, we do ask that you would help us to see you. Give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see you. And help us to trust you. When it, when it seems kind of cloudy, when it seems rather dark, give us strength to call out your name, Jesus, and to wait and trust. We pray this in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the First Prez podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.